Mentally, diving is a really hard sport. You need to be able to manage the stress you're getting from diving. And then there's the competition part where you don't want to seem like you don't belong there. Excellence is about standing. And excellence is a requirement for your dream come true. Welcome to Unfiltered Athletes. I'm your host, Leo. In this podcast, we go behind the scenes with world-class athletes to reveal the untold stories of their journeys. From grueling training sessions to mental strategies to achieve greatness, get ready for a raw, unfiltered look at the world of sports. First, I'd like to give a warm thank you to Le Club Café Cycliste for hosting Cedric and myself during this episode. I couldn't hope for a cooler spot to record a podcast. In this episode, I have the chance to talk to Cédric Fofana, a diver on the 3-meter springboard. Cédric went to the Olympics in Tokyo in 2021, where he finished last, after a heartbreaking experience. It brings us into the behind the scene of this disappointing yet enriching experience, which he knows made him a better diver, and it will give him higher chances for the upcoming international events. Cedric is an incredibly poised person who got interested in diving really young at the site of the springboards in his local pool. I can remember like asking my aunt and like my parents when we were like at her at her pool. I was like, oh, can you give me a score on that jump? And I was just like diving like flat on my face. And they were like, oh, this is a 10 for us. And I was so happy. <laughs> But then, yeah, I just... We're not going to start jumping from 10 meters yeah. right away. Yeah, of course. So we jump from the pool side and then we go to one meter and then three meter and then we go higher up as like we're getting older and stuff. And then when you add flips and uh, like somersaults, twists, well, it depends on like the, the height you're more comfortable with. Okay. But then you specialize in one event and okay. then you stay there. Okay. And uh, so at what point, so you started pretty young at seven, you win when you're the only one content, uh, c the only contender, uh, when you realize that you're, that you can make it more than just fun in a way that you can compete at higher level. Is there a specific, you know, competition um, or, or events? When I was maybe like eight, I was like competing at a little higher, like a uh, competition, like higher, um, like degree of difficulty mm -hmm. diving. Um, I was only eight, but I was competing with like 10 and 11 years old, but I was not like very good. So this is like the first time I started competing with like other people. But um, I started like diving more seriously when I was nine because I got into a uh, uh, sport etude. Yeah, okay. like, studying and uh, studying practicing and, high yeah. level sport. So I started that. And then that year I got onto uh, the junior national team and I think that's when I started to like really wanting wanting to be better and like okay that you you, you realized I that took you that could more seriously yeah, than just a hobby yeah okay okay uh, so at the time you are 13 14 when when you get into sport etude and uh, I was uh, nine okay you're nine yeah, oh, okay nine. you can get into that that young I mean in a like specific in yeah, program in for primary school. school yeah oh wow interesting is, is it in Montreal is it a school that specializes in, in people that also practice sport at the highest level or um, did you just have like a special treatment well I started in Quebec City okay But when they see a potential, like you have to pass a certain like uh, an evaluation okay. just to know that you're not going to quit after like two months of trying. Okay. So I did that. And then uh, 
they like thought I was gonna like get better and they said that I could like join the team and uh, okay. start doing that okay program. so did, uh, did you I guess you kept uh, studying I think you're still uh, studying now is that uh, the case right now I'm on a break like this semester because it was really it was too much for yeah. me at that point But uh, yeah, I was studying in CJEP in uh, administration, and before that, I was in natural sciences. So I don't know. I don't really know what I want to do, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay, for now, you want to dive, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll figure it out uh, later. So that makes it makes a lot of sense. So what's your first? When, when do you get into? Uh, you mentioned you're the, in the national junior team. Uh, when is your kind of first um, international competition? I think you win or you you get the bronze at the junior. World, I think, or something uh, like that. Yeah, later but on? Junior Worlds was in 2018, but my first uh, international competition was in 2013 in Arizona, in uh, Tucson, and I got fifth. And I remember being really sad because I really wanted to like show what I could do because I was so young and I really wanted people to know. But after that, I think my first like medal was in uh, 2015, like internationally. Okay, so you're still, I mean, you're still young today. So in 2015, yeah. <laughs> you were like 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's just give a bit of context. So you're uh, a diver. Is that the only word? Or yeah, high diver? Just, just a, a just diver. diver. A yeah. diver. Um, can you quantify and qualify what diving is the different categories the different heights uh how you're ranked when you jump and all that so that whoever uh, you know the listeners uh, who don't know about the sport can have a better view of what you what you're doing so um diving is very different from swimming because people usually confuse the two <laughs> but uh divers we jump from uh springboards so the uh the the competing heights are one meter uh in like Uh, world championships and uh, like Olympics yeah, no Olympics oh, no okay. uh, three meter and tower like 10 meter platform this is at the Olympics world championships uh, world cup Commonwealth okay. games like all this stuff but uh, yeah okay so these are the different uh, disciplines or different heights yeah. uh, and so when you jump you have somersault which is probably the twist uh, yeah. different figures that you can do uh, how are you ranked is this a panel of judges that judge on the difficulty on how well you did it how, how you got into the water and all that so um, when you get into a higher uh, degree of competition there's usually seven judges that give yeah. you a score from zero to ten 10 is the best and zero is the worst. Well, the worst. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they judge the uh, the quality of the dive, the entry, uh, the positions in the air. Uh, so, like, they look at everything. They okay. want to see the And the do best they dive. look only at the live when you actually jump or are they allowed to kind of watch the replay? Because uh, no. it goes super fast. I, I, I watch a few of your... your uh, Your jumps? My dives. Your yeah. dives, your dives, okay. A few of your dives, and for me, it seems amazing, but I cannot say, you know, if you did two or three uh, loops or twists, well, of course, they are used to it, but they can in just, in the one dive live, be able to kind of get the, the grade. Yeah, so they only, they can only see the live diving part because otherwise you can see all the flaws and it's not fair for everyone. But um, before the uh, the dive, the, the diver goes, um, they announce the dive so they know what you're supposed to do so if you're missing a twist or a somersault or you're not doing the right position they're gonna like 
penalize you for that. Okay, so you announce before the competition or just before you get on the on the springboard what, uh, you're, what jump you're gonna do? No, so you have like six dives. Mm -hmm. uh, men dives, have six sorry. dives <laughs> and then uh, women have uh, five dives. But like, I think it's maybe three days you have to like send in your list. Okay. And then you can change it, I think, two hours before the competition starts. But then if you wait over the time, it's too late. So you cannot change that. But they need to know what you're going to do in advance because you can just go up there and like do whatever okay. you want. Yeah. And I can assume there is a level of difficulty of the, the dive that you announce. I'm going to say random things, but let's say three twists versus one twist. The other one will be much harder. So how do you choose which uh, dives you're going to do? Because you necessarily want the highest score so probably you take the highest level of the difficulty or do you take some jumps that are quote-unquote easier just um, to kind of make sure to have a certain amount of points so depending of uh the quality of the dive you're gonna do if you know you can do a super hard dive really good you're gonna put this one in your list but if you're more comfortable with easier dives and uh lower degrees of difficulties that's what you're gonna do just to make sure you have the best performance you can have. Yeah, so that make sure you secure a certain amount of points. Yeah. Okay. And is there, um, can you, you can change only two hours before the dive. Can you, you know, at some points, figure out last minute that you, you don't feel ready for one and you want to change just because on the spot you're not comfortable or usually uh, you're kind of comfortable with all the dives that you propose? Well, if you don't feel comfortable with a dive, you can... Like after, uh, let's say you have preliminaries and then finals. Mm -hmm. If you finish your preliminaries and you miss a dive and you want to change it, I think you have maybe uh, like you have until two hours before the finals right. to change it. Okay. You cannot Understood. change it right yeah. in front uh, okay. before your dive. Okay. Um, in your case, why did you end up in the three meter? Uh, I think you're in the three meter. Is there a reason? Is there a specific strength that's required, or is just where you felt the most comfortable and you had the most chances of succeeding? Uh, so I feel more comfortable on three meter, that's for sure. But when I started like uh, going internationally, like when I was 14 years old, like when I got older internationally, yeah. I did platform 10 meter. And like for a 14 year old, I was really tall. And then I just kept growing. So they said for my growth and for my like body, platform was not the best choice. And I was really scared also of like the height, so I think three meter was the best option for me. Okay, and is there a, is there a strength you mentioned that you're you're tall? Is there a strength or specific qualities that you need or should not have to go on a springboard versus platform and different heights? What what are how do you differentiate yourself? I would say from the others, and and what strength are you working on the most? Um, I mean, for me, I am one of the tallest divers in the world. We are maybe like. Uh, four or five divers in the world that are over six foot that okay. I know of so it's really hard to because you know when you like uh, get into the water like it's uh, when you're like uh, in the air bigger taller you're taller can <laughs> it really shows if you miss the dive you're gonna see it more than someone that's small okay so if you're bended or if yeah. you don't have the right like angle long arms are gonna show way more uh, than smaller arms so okay. like if they're bent we're gonna see them more for me than a smaller diver okay if my legs are bent too like everything's gonna show more on a taller diver but if it's like well executed it's I mean from what I've seen, it's like better for, for a taller diver to like nail a dive. It's more impressive. Okay, okay, because it, it shows more 
Yeah, the per- y- y- if it's perfectly yeah, executed, it then it yeah. looks more perfect. Anyway, yeah, it's like better. Yeah. Okay, I don't uh, know. I don't know how to say it. I don't want to. No, no, like it's 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 very interesting. No, no, no. It's it, it looks more gracious. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So sorry if there's a bit of background noise. It's because we're lo- recording at Cafe Le Club, who's hosting us here. So there's a bit of uh, downtown Montreal noise uh, around us. The usual. Yeah, the usual honk and uh, sirens and stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah. How many dives? You're 21? I'm 19. You're 19. What? <laughs> 2003? Oh, yeah. So you're... Uh, my calculations are... I'm going to be 20 this year. Okay. So you're super young, but how many dives do you think you did so far in your, in your life? That's... Uh, Non-sport related. It's just I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe wild guess. I do maybe um, like uh, uh, at least a hundred a day. No, approximately. <laughs> so that five days a week or yeah, six days five a days week? a week for like thirteen years. So that's uh, five times. 300 almost so that's 1500 no 100 times 5 yeah. times 52 well that's yeah, too much that's, that's <laughs> a lot but uh, that's yeah. crazy um okay that's i, I was just curious. so on average what's a what's a training day like do you go to the pool every single day or six days yeah, a week every uh weekdays i wake up uh, at around 7:30 ish and then i uh like I'm getting ready to go and then I drive the, my mom's car because she's nice enough to <laughs> let me borrow it and I get to training at nine and then I uh, depending on the day like Monday Wednesday Friday we do two practices so we do from nine to twelve thirty uh nine to eleven thirty and then twelve thirty to two thirty and then on Tuesday and Thursdays Uh, we do from 9 to 11.30, and then we have weight training from 11.30 to 1. Okay. So. Okay. Do you have um, a, a personal coach, or do you have a coach that trains all the um, Canadian athletes, I guess, at the Olympic Stadium? Uh, I used to train at the Olympic Stadium. Now I train at uh, Saint-Claude-Robillard. Okay. It's in uh, Ansic, like okay. near uh, like the CGF and stuff. Um But we are, I think we're like seven athletes in our group. Okay. So we have two coaches there. So they coach like, we, uh, we have one assigned coach that coaches uh, the springboards more. And there's one that coaches platforms. So. Okay. Well, okay. Um, and um, during a, a basic day of training or also during competition, what is the most exhausting? Is it physically or is it mentally? Because I can only assume you have so much focus going on with you know repeating your your upcoming dive and stuff like that what's more i mean you seem like in an amazing shape you're tall you're muscled uh, but I'm, i'm i'm sure there's like a mental part to to diving that's very important so yeah what's the kind of ratio of, of uh, how exhausted you can you can get uh, physically it depends but you can get really tired from like repeating the same movements all the time and then going to uh Uh, weight trainings and then like doing that again all over again the next day and uh, this is hard but i feel like mentally this is like diving is a really hard sport because you need to be able to like uh, manage the stress you're getting from diving and then there's a the competition part where you don't want to seem like you're not you don't belong there so mm-hmm. i feel like mentally it's really hard to be a diver 
So I think mentally it's harder. And and so how do you train? I mean, you're still super young, uh, but the the mental aspect is very important. So you have, first of all, you seem to recognize it. Uh, do you have like a mental coach? Do you have personal um, uh, training on, on this matter to you know get better? And maybe we'll get after that to the we'll definitely get to the. The, the Olympics where you had like an, you know, a down in, in one of the jumps and you know how you recover from that. So the mental part being very important, how do you prepare for that? Uh, it's sure that um, it helps to have a mental coach for that. Uh, I don't, but um, I used to work with somebody that helped me when I was in Quebec City and then I moved to Montreal. So like I kind of lost the, that aspect. But then um, I feel like this is like a good way to prepare for competitions and then doing competitions too. Like the more you do, the more you compete, the more you're used to it and the less stressful it gets. So, yes. And, and so for your part, you said you used to train. What is the what do you train when you're not on the springboard? Is it like to be focused on solely on the moment, on the next, you know, the next 10 seconds and the actual dive? How do you um in practice uh how are you able to to get better at, at you know moving the stress away and, and being only focused on on what's coming yeah um i think in pra in practice it's easier like there it's less stressful even if it's stressful because i know that there's not going to be consequences if i miss the dive i'm just going to go back up and do it again But the stressful part in competition is that you only get one chance to do your dive right. Mm -hmm. So you have six dives, but you can only do it one like once for each dive. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is the stressful part because you cannot go back up again and do, I'm going to do this one again and nail this one. So yeah. I think this is... Okay, interesting. And so maybe that, that brings us to, you went to the Olympics, you were, let me calculate, <laughs> to 17? Yes. Okay, you were 17. So two years ago? Uh, 2021, 2021 yeah. yeah two years Almost, ago yeah. yeah so you have those six jumps um you're not super proud i think or super happy with the first three but then on the fourth one i think you were kind of your knee gave out at, yeah. at the mo at the last um contact with the springboard so yeah looking back now are you able to to do you know what happened if it was physical if it was mental and how did you kind of got better from that um i think that my fourth dive was a bit of a like both sides were affected because physically i was a bit back on the on the board and i just really went for it and my knees just gave out because i wasn't like pushing the board at the right like place okay so i think my knees were like i don't know like my back was like falling Far backward back, yeah. and my knees were like too forward so i don't know i just like lost balance And then mentally, I think that before this dive, I really wanted to give it my all. So I know that maybe this was a part two because I just, I don't know, I just gave too much and I my knees buckled. Okay. And, and I think, if, so I, I read something where I think your coach, because it was all COVID and stuff, your coach had to uh, be away from the competition and you just learned about that a few days before. Did that affect you uh, as well? Uh, it really did because I was the youngest on the diving team and not being with the only thing I, like, I was familiar with It was really hard for me because I had no, uh, like, no, I couldn't turn to anyone else. I could, well, I had, like, two friends that were there, 
but they left because of COVID because they did their event and then they left. So okay. I was kind of by myself, if I can say. Like I was friends with other people, but not as close as I was with them because I used to train with them every day. And then Cesar left, so it was really hard for me because I had like, yeah, nowhere to like, I couldn't look up to anyone or like talk to anyone about like mm -hmm. what I was feeling. So because you were used to train with those people to always be surrounded, even in competition, you were probably with them. But yeah. I, I, th I, I think once they were done with the competition, they just couldn't stay on site. Yeah. They had to they go had back to, leave, to the yeah. country or whatever. Okay, so yeah. it definitely has a uh, an impact, and you think that also combined with the. Yeah. physical aspect of the jump yeah, yeah. and, and the, the whole competition had a had an impact and so after that fourth jump you realized right away that it didn't go well you have to go back uh, on the springboard how long after what's the the, the time frame between two, um, two dives? well we were 29 athletes so it's basically 30 seconds per dive so like okay 15 minutes yeah or let's something. say okay so i had to like wipe up uh wipe off my feet because they were like full of blood and then my oh did you you hurt yeah, yourself because i uh, scraped the board with my feet okay so i had to like see the physio like really quickly and then i went back to the to the um, training room just to like try to refocus but then once i got on the board because after that dive was my harder dive and then I was the like, fifth one was the, the fifth one, one was okay. my hardest one from the, the whole list So I was really nervous to get back up and then my knees just gave out. So I didn't want to like overdo it and like knee buckle a second time. Yeah. So I didn't go really hard, but then I couldn't make the dive. So I think I got like threes. Okay. And then I just remember wanting the event to be done so bad, but there was still one more dive to do. So... So, so what so you you kept going you didn't give up you just want to finish the 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 competition so what keeps you motivated at that point to uh to finish and you know be proud at least you know finishing and, and coming back stronger the next time um i think what gave me like the motivation to finish the competition was the fact that i was at the olympics yeah. and it was i mean it's not one a one a, a one in a lifetime opportunity but it's not something that everybody can say they did so i didn't want to like just gave up at the middle of the competition just because something went wrong i really wanted to live that experience to its mm -hmm. fullest and then at the end of the day no one can like take away the fact that i'm an olympian and i think that's something that at first like they didn't really understood but then i like as i'm getting older i realize that okay like, in between the, the the dives are you able to were you able to call someone your coach or are you not allowed to have any um, you know outside contact and it was just you yourself you know having to uh, to um force yourself into into keeping uh, keep pushing and, and and going back on the springboard um i could have called my coach but i think that if i called him i would have been more um like unstable yeah so I think that I, it was better for me not to call him. Or so. stay in the moment yeah, and just, just live with your own brain. I know it wasn't staying. a good moment to live, but just I had to like do this, I th not by myself, but like leave it like in the moment and then okay. I could move on. And did you manage the sixth one? How was the, the, the sixth jump? Were you uh, proud uh, of this one? You I wasn't proud either. No? I think I got maybe four and a half. And it's usually a dive I can do like, kind of good so i was disappointed that i didn't at least finish with something good 
but yeah once the event finished i just i i had to go i just i just didn't want to stay at the pool anymore i just i had to go back to my room i had to like do my own stuff call my mom call my dad call everyone and yeah yeah and so what do you take away from that and how do you think this uh helps you get stronger paris is coming next year so i have lots of questions you know the preparation to, to it but yeah how being so young how do you recover or or you know process all that and and use everything that happened to m make you a better diver well it was really hard at the beginning to move past that but i think um knowing that it doesn't define you like that competition doesn't define who i was and then this again uh, a lot of people told me that because at first i thought it really defined me so mm -hmm. i just wouldn't understand like i wouldn't listen to what people would say like oh you're an olympian it doesn't matter but to me it mattered yeah. like it really mattered so i think just that it gave me a bit more motivation when i got back because when i well actually a, a bit later than when i got back because when i just uh got back to training in 20 in august of 2021 i wasn't really sure if, wanna, if I wanted to keep going. So I don't know, I think. I is there, is there a, I think it's a common thing that the post-Olympic syndrome of, you know, you get ready for, in a way, four years to reach your best level at the Olympics. Then there's the, the all the adrenaline and the excitement going down after that. And in your case, when you're disappointed of the performance you had, the, the, the down must be even lower probably. How did that affect you? And you said you went back to training quite quickly thinking about you know should i continue or not you're below 20 so you know, it makes a lot of sense you didn't reach your full potential uh but yeah w how were you uh, helped in that process family uh, surrounding friends team uh i had a really great set of friends well i still have them <laughs> like they're still my friends and uh my family was there they just wanted what was best for me and they i i decided when I got back from the games, I wanted to stay with my coach, Cesar. And at first, they didn't really understand. But, like, with time, they did. And they let me... Bang. I mean, even if they didn't want me to, I would have done it anyway. But they, like, approved of my decision. So I felt, like, more comfortable moving forward with my decision. So, yeah, that's pretty Interesting. much that. Interesting. So now it's uh, we're in May 2023. Uh, in about 16 months from now are the Olympics uh, in Paris, France. France. Um, yeah, how do you prepare for that? How does the qualification, uh, how do the qualifications go? And what do you need to do to get there? And how are you preparing for that? Well, we actually have some competitions coming up. So at the end of May, we uh, we have uh, nationals, summer nationals. Um, this is a qualifier for world championships in Japan and uh, Pan Am Games in Chile. So this, uh, I think, the world championships are the f uh, this is the first like step to the qualification mm -hmm. process, and then next year we're still gonna have two nationals winter and summer summer are gonna be uh, olympic trials and they're still the world cup so we have two chances to get an olympic quota and then we'll see what what happens okay are you uh 
comfortable saying how comfortable you are uh, to to uh, to get to Paris? Do you have like competition at the national level uh, on in, in your uh, on the three meter? Uh, um, well, there are, is competition naturally, but yeah, wh where do you stand there and how how uh, confident are you? Um, well, right now I feel good because training is going great, and I feel like my chances are like pretty good. So I just need to keep putting the work in and see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you seem shy or you sell yeah. yourself short. You don't want to jinx it, but yeah, we wish you, uh, wish you the best. So yeah, you mentioned the the nationals are end of May. Is it where? Where is it? It's in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. I wish I could have. Oh, I could come maybe. What yeah. is it? The it's the last weekend. So 27th from 29th. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll arrange myself to have a trip <laughs> with my business <laughs> to yeah. get there at the, at the right moment. Um, th there was also a competition, I think, end of last week here in Montreal. Yeah, in Montreal right? yeah. What uh, What was it? Uh, it was the World Cup uh, circuit. I didn't participate in that one. Is there a reason? Was there a qualification before uh, that? Was yes, well, Commonwealth Games and World Championships from the year before was uh, the main events to qualify for that. Okay. And I didn't go to World Championships and I went to Commonwealth Games, but that wasn't the performance of a lifetime either. It was okay. better than the games, but still not at my best. So. Okay. What's... Uh, you said you had... I just remember now you said you had a three on your fifth jump, whatever the... the it's not... It's close to the Olympic part. Um, what's an average you know, to win a competition? Is this like a seven and eight? Uh, and no. and how, how often do you, uh, do you do dives like this one at training? And, and how, how comfortable are you that you can you know, execute them perfectly for the next big competitions? Um, so to win a diving competition as of right now, like from what I saw last week at the World Cup in Montreal, uh, the diver that I got first, I think he dove for nines okay like all like all competition long okay on average on all the, the dives like he had a nine half nine okay and that's pretty good that's like a 85 and 90 in an yeah. exam so it's pretty good um but then uh i think to medal you you need to set yourself up for eights at least okay, okay. so Interesting. So on the side, I did a bit a quick calculation. So it's about twenty-six thousand jump uh, dives, sorry, per year. So over thirteen years, it's around three hundred thousand yeah. uh, dives. So that's <laughs> it's just the number is mind blowing, and you're just in a way at the beginning of your career. Hopefully, you'll uh, yeah. you'll have many more uh, many more years, another thirteen years uh, on the springboard. So, I hope um, so yeah. So for you, what will be um, success in the next uh, in the next two years will it be going to the olympics getting a, a result there um it for sure i would like to go to the olympics for sure um and then maybe depending of uh like how training goes and how i like how i feel i'd like to go for maybe uh doing the finals and then let's hope a medal but like finals i think it's more realistic for right now because i'm you know i don't know yet um do you think you reach the peak of your performance and, and um and the level you can you can get or do you think you have much more to come uh, i think a uh, lot of guys in the diving world they peak when they're 23 maybe okay. like ish in between 21 and 20 like four i think so right now i i think i still have well the next game and maybe another one after that if i want to like really pee if the like 
if the 21 to 24 uh, ratio is like comme on dit c'est vraiment ça le genre le range if the like peak range is really from 21 to oh, 24 you think well, that the I next think olympics I have, is I have the... maybe like two more games to like yeah, test okay. that theory out I understood yeah <laughs> it wasn't easy to, uh, to, uh, to verbalize um, cool so what is Cedric doing when he's not on a springboard because you mentioned you mostly train in the morning up until early afternoon yeah how do you occupy your your days the rest of the time do you really still focus on other you know training like physical and all that or do you do something completely different in order to you know breathe away from uh from diving um well i used to go to school so i used to do that like when i had no training but since i had the semester off i really um i'm really like sleeping like early and then i'm really like I see my friends mostly on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I see them like during the week, but I like it's not a. Come, I I'm not gonna like go out really late during the week mm -hmm. because I take diving seriously and I want to like uh, be uh, comfortable going to practice and yeah. like be confident when okay. I dive. Understood. Um, so, what other sport do you practice, even if it's not in uh, high competitions? Um, so I don't really do any other sports. I used to do, uh, I used to bike a lot. Uh, I usually do that during the winter, uh, the summer, sorry. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not really, uh, a big sports guy. Like I know a lot of people think I'm a sports guy because I'm a diver, but other <laughs> than diving, I don't really listen to sport. I don't watch sports. I don't like do anything else. You you have enough of what you or your performance and your uh, your yeah. work. <laughs> It's really a lot. Okay, so no hockey, no basketball, no nothing. <laughs> Interesting. No. Interesting. Do you watch or you meet some of the other uh, athletes when you're when you were at the Olympics, or you're just not interested? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I've met some um, like some people, actually some people from other countries in my sport, okay. and I met some uh, Canadian people from okay. other sports. Uh, like it was really nice to see them at this level too, competing for their like something they love. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Different topics now because time is time is passing pretty fast. Um, are you considered a pro diver? That's a question that I ask very often. Um, at the Olympics, there are so many so many amazing athletes, but very few of them are either professionals or working off the sports. So I'm always curious to see. You know, for you, is it are you living off uh, diving, or you still have the opportunity to be supported by family and 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 people that are close to you? Do you have like you know the government or the federation helping you? How does that work for you, and how and is that like a um, a weight on your shoulder, uh, the 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 financial aspect of uh, of the sport? Um, well, I still live with my parents, so like I don't pay for like my like yeah, my rents. house and my food and stuff. But um, the diving part, we have uh, the federation like give us some money. I think it's the government that give us money, and uh, it covers the like diving the the like the competitions and everything. So this is fine. But I could I couldn't live from that. Yeah. Like divers that like live with like their diving, 
either they have sponsorships either they have like partnerships like mm-hmm. d- you need something else from diving if you want to like live from it okay and do you have sponsors so i went on i think the diving federation website or something on your profile and i saw a speedo of course uh in, in swimming or oh, swimming no in pool related yeah, yeah. <laughs> sports sorry <laughs> and uh one square phillips which is uh building so real estate, real estate related uh yeah do, do you have sponsors uh, uh well they give money to the federation so like they help us okay but i'm getting money from uh aquam it's uh like a water related okay. uh, like thing they like provide for swimming pools uh Like they do swimsuit, like you know, like okay. all the the, the pool gear stuff. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So they gave me uh, some money and they support me like with my diving career, and I'm really thankful for them. S- but other than that, I don't have any sponsors. Okay. And do you have, or are you looking to have at some point like an agent or someone helping you on that end? Um, well, or do um, you still remain with your staff anyway? Well, I know that you can get some agents, uh, like via uh the diving like uh diving canada like uh mm-hmm. the federation. federation yeah sorry um but i don't know like as of right now i don't really need one but uh we'll see if i do something big and then i need one so. okay interesting um and i i saw something on i think on your instagram profile Uh, that you wrote motivational speaker. Oh, what that is that? W- that was a joke. That, that was a that joke. Was okay, a joke. I, I like wasn't sure. Friends. I was like, yeah. oh, because you're pretty young, and yeah. that, that would be great. But, oh, I that's think a joke I did with that with my friends when I was uh, like, not when I opened Instagram, but like maybe a few years later, I just was like, oh, I'm gonna put that on my motivational speaker. <laughs> so people will, will will believe in it. So and you have sometimes like LinkedIn yeah. with people like a motivational speaker, uh, inspirer. Uh, yeah. you know Forbes whatever so it was I kind think of on <laughs> the Olympic website I saw once that I was like my hobbies were like a student and motivational speaker and I was oh, like yeah, so I really am not a motivational speaker they never asked you they just no. took your Instagram <laughs> copy pasted on the yeah <laughs> how um, how important is your image in a way or your Instagram or your following do you kind of cultivate that for a uh, personal reason professional reasons or is it just for fun because you know you want to say that you're a motivational speaker and um well i think it's important the way i present myself because i'm well i'm a diver and like everybody knows like everybody in the diving world pretty much knows everyone and i mean with time uh like there's some articles about me some people know about me so i think the way i present myself on the internet is important but uh it's like mostly for my friends too like i like my captions on my pictures or like just inside jokes okay. mostly or like there's something that some of my friends are gonna understand and some of them won't so it's just like not that serious but at the same time i just don't want to like present anything bad yeah oh. and it's it's only it can only be good for you because yeah. if someone sees an article or sees you on tv then you can you know check yeah. you out and at some point you have a you know, bigger following and it also helps for you know, potential sponsors yeah. and stuff like yeah, that yeah. at some point so yeah very interesting um if you were able so that question usually uh, i like to ask it uh people are more advanced in their career you're still super young so i'll ask it if you were to give an advice to the 10 year old you so it's not so long ago <laughs> nine years mm-hmm. um what would be that advice piece of advice um 
I don't really know. Maybe I would say that I should believe in myself more and like not doubt myself so much or maybe like not be so hard on myself. Maybe okay. yeah. I think this one is like cuz it still talks it still talked and anyway. it still talks to me right now because I'm really hard on myself and I really want to do like my best but sometimes it just doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, I'm just like, it's really hard for me to like get over it. Yeah, but isn't it necessary at some point to always try to get better? And every athlete at the level that you're at needs to be so hard on himself or herself. Otherwise, you know, you, you won't be number one. So yeah. you have to, but you have to find the right balance so that it doesn't affect you, you know, personally also when you're not on the on the springboard. So yeah. cool. Um, two questions that I usually ask uh, at the end is one, if you were to... Uh, Give me the name of a, an athlete, Canadian athlete that you uh, know that would have an interesting story to tell on the podcast. Who uh, would that person be? Um, I don't really know, but maybe like there's maybe like she's she's a diver too, and she just switched from. Uh, but she's not switching, but she's a diver and a high diver too. Okay. Uh, her name's Simone. It's my. She's one of my best friends. Yeah. And it's really cool to see her thrive in something else than just diving because high diving is a is a sport that is growing right now in Canada. So what is high so diving? So high diving is uh, for women. It's diving from 20 meter, and men is 27 meter. Jesus. So she is diving with me on three meter but also on 20 meters so i think it's really interesting to see like what made her do that and like how, why yeah. just why and, and is the the technique completely different from one to the other i, I would um, assume yes like in the air no but the takeoffs and like the the entries in the water are really different because and more dangerous probably yeah very dangerous so i i just think it's really cool to see her like interesting perform like that <laughs> Another more technical question: At what speed do you get into the water when you jump from uh, when you dive from the three meter and and you know when it's on the twenty or twenty seven meter? Um, three meter, I don't really know. I just heard that from a uh, twenty seven meter and like twenty meter, it's like eighty five kilometers oh, an hour, wow. I think. So it's pretty yeah, you can fast. Miss. But on three meter, I don't. It's not like it's fast but it's not that fast you're still accelerating so, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and getting into the water okay um the other question is i'm uh, oh no, it's not a question it's a fact i'm building a wall of fame at uh, at my place and i'd like to know if you have a gear from either the past that you don't use anymore that you would give away with a signature so you can land on the on the wall of fame yeah for sure i'd give you a swimsuit <laughs> or a chamois like the the towel we used to dry ourselves okay yeah yeah anything oh towel yeah. never had one <laughs> so <laughs> awesome cool um where should the, the the listeners follow you you mentioned instagram what's your uh, well, handle you can follow me on my instagram it's said fofana uh, i have tiktok said fofana too and then you're, you're young that's yeah, why yeah. you're the first one mentioning tiktok <laughs> before i interview and then uh like snapchat is more for my friends I think it's on my Instagram too. So if you want to add me on Snapchat, add me too there. Okay. But don't add me on Facebook. It's and just where should people uh, follow you for your motivational speaking? No. <laughs> <laughs> In a few years. Just watch it on Instagram. I'll post more maybe about that. Motivational stuff. Uh, cool. So what can we uh, wish you for the next uh, year? Let's say before the end of the, of the year. Well, I'd like to dive great at nationals to qualify for world championships and Pan Am games. So... I think 
Good luck is is fine. Best of luck and best of success. <laughs> thank man. you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cedric. That was very fun, uh, and I hope I'll uh, I'll see you uh, on TV uh, this year and then the following years. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'll see you soon. Bye. If you're still here, it's probably because you liked the episode, right? So, if you want the podcast to grow and get more exceptional athletes, you can play your part by following us on your favorite podcast platform and on Instagram at unfiltered.athletes. It really helps us. And until next time, enjoy life! <laughs>